Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. It's been a really good start to sport in Sydney this weekend. The Sydney Swans beat the Roos last night 91-65, to and the Tars beat the Chiefs 45-25. to I've got a super panel this morning. Good morning, Lucy Thackray from Channel 7. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming back. We really appreciate it. Stoked to be here. We've also got Fatima Kadu from the Daily Telegraph. Hi, Mary. How are you going? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. Are you good after Supercoach last night? I am good after Supercoach and after the game last night, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, excited to be here. Fantastic. I'm glad you're here. And we've also got Danica Mason from Channel 9. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming in. We're really excited to have you here. Should be a good show. Now, we've got the Daily Telegraph open in front of us, and I was just saying to the ladies in the studio that I'm so sick of seeing Parramatta in the paper for the wrong reasons. Where should we start? Should we start on the Corey Norman article, or should we start on the rumours that are now circulating about Michael Gordon potentially moving to the Sydney Roosters midway through the season? I think the Michael Gordon story is interesting. Like The fact that another player could be forced out, I think it just goes to show how bad their salary cap situation is. I mean, Michael Gordon is, you know, the next in a series of players. There's talk that Junior Paulo has played his last game for the Eels and will be shipped off to the Raiders as soon as today. We've lost Nathan Peets. And it seems all in an attempt to offer Corey Norman that $1 million a year that he's looking for, which after the events of the last week has just got me baffled, to be honest. I, I think maybe it's a combination of those two things. I don't think, I mean, oh. He's shown that he has a lot of potential and mm. he does work well with Kieran Foran and all of a sudden he's provided alongside Kieran Foran, Parramatta are this, you know, not only are they good defensively, they have this creative attack. So I can understand how when he says, I want a million dollars, they might say, maybe, maybe we can make that happen. But I do think it's more a salary cap thing. Mm. And Michael Gordon, I wasn't sold on him because as he's gotten older, um, his form's kind of slumped mm. and that's harsh to say as, you know, because, you know, he prior he was like a super coach god. So, but, um, yeah, more recently his uh, form had slumped but went to Parramatta and turned that around. So I think he'll be a big loss and so will Junior Paulo. So it's disappointing to see that the Eels, after such a promising start, have had to say goodbye to Pete, Paulo and probably Michael Gordon. So... I think the I think the events in the last week or so with Corey, I think Corey's a phenomenal player. I think he's definitely, you know, worth his money. He's a star for them. But I think that his value has now gone down. I don't think that he can ask for as much now. No, I'm I'm with you. It's just completely irresponsible when <clears throat> when all of this is going on and, you know, they're investing in players and they're wanting to put it in the right direction and it's unbelievable. I just don't think, you know, a couple of weeks ago when all of this was, when the salary cap issues were happening, if you could then say the players that are meant to be, you know, the building blocks to move forward and to start again, that they are showing such little respect and concern and, you know, they're going to bring their own off-field dramas you know, into the situation. It's just really confusing that people aren't, you know, 
forming together as a team and just deciding let's get our head I in the right space. I think it's a bit like, you know, when your parents aren't home, so you're just going to do whatever <laughs> you want. And that's what's happening at the Parramatta Ills at the moment. So the people in authority, their board, their management is in disarray. So it's almost like your parents aren't looking. So you're just going to, you know, do whatever you want and hope they don't catch you. And I was, I was excited for the Eels when, you know, when all the salary cap stuff happened, um, it looked like they could be that fairy tale story, you know, pushing their way to the finals. I was ex- excited to to watch them, and then it's just gone so far downhill from there. It's just gone from bad to worse, and I think most disappointing for Parramatta fans was it wasn't the behaviour of Corey Norman. It's that he's done this at a time when the club is in disarray. Like, can't you just stay home and play PlayStation for the next month while everything is getting sorted out? Instead, he's brought more negative headlines to a club that at the t- at this time doesn't need any more. The people that he was associating with have really serious backgrounds and I read an article which was saying that maybe it was just completely naive because he didn't seem to actually know the background behind those people mm-hmm. and the crimes that they're associated with and how serious it was. So there's just a real naivety as well and who were around these players at that time to pull them aside and say, hey, maybe don't go hang out with convicted criminals just yeah it would sort of explain his expression in the photo because he's sitting there doing the shackers symbol and looks just really really happy but maybe I don't know maybe he didn't know that was Andrew Webster's story yesterday and maybe he went to dinner with three mates and they said oh we're gonna bring a couple of extras along and suddenly you're having dinner with maybe some people that you shouldn't be having dinner with. I think it can happen so yeah. easily like that. Like I don't think that he would have, you know, gone to this knowing. Like, I think that it's sort of, you know, in rugby league you have people that hang on and other mates mm-hmm. of mates and stuff and it can so easily be done and he's just been caught up in, in that situation. Please, Parramatta players, stay at home and play PlayStation instead. <laughs> but, Lucy, there was another story in the paper this morning that we wanted to talk about. Bring us back on a positive spin. Positive spin, um, inside page of the paper, we have a girls' page, um, a ladies' page, and it was about the Swifts who are playing, and it's a bit of a, an origin warm-up. They're playing Queensland, and then underneath um, they're talking about Sally Fitzgibbon. So it's just so nice to see big pictures, a lot of coverage, because a couple of weeks ago we were so annoyed that there wasn't the coverage for um, for the ladies in the NRL, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, they must have been listening to the podcast clearly Fantastic. <laughs> that's what I love but it's going to be a really good game because the Firebirds have won 21 games in a row so if they beat the Swifts tomorrow that'll be 22 which is just unbelievable phenomenal unbelievable but it's just such fantastic form and it's fantastic to see that so many people are going out to those games as well so the support that they're getting is fantastic and it's a good weekend to have it because obviously the Tars and the Swans have played already so hopefully a big crowd gets out there to support women's sport tomorrow absolutely So we've already had one game this weekend in the NRL action and I think a little bit of a surprising result with the Tigers beating the Broncos 19-18. Danica, what should the Broncos take out of that game, if anything at all? Honestly, I was completely shocked. I thought the Broncos would have this wrapped up. You know, they are missing players due to origin, Mm. but they still have so many there. They've got James Roberts, they've got Ben Hunt, they've got Milford. So it's not like they're missing that many of their players. I was I was really surprised with this result. I don't think you were the only one. I think a lot of people tipped the Broncos to win very convincingly, but the Tigers came out to play. You could see very clearly from the opening minutes that the young Tigers had gone to play football. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a very interesting point from this is 
and it's probably a bit scary for Wayne Bennett, is that Anthony Milford has been shut down in his past three games. Mm-hmm. And I know he's a phenomenal player and good players always bounce back. But we spoke about him at the start of the year in the terms of, you know, he's so good, he's unstoppable. And all of a sudden, these teams have figured out how to shut him out of the game and the Broncos are really hurting for it. Ben Hunt is a exceptional playmaker, but with Milford on fire, they're just they're just almost unstoppable. So it'll be interesting to see how he does b- bounce back because I've been surprised that the Sharks did it, the Cowboys did it, and now the Tigers did it. And no disrespect to the Tigers, but if they can figure out how to shut down Anthony Milford, then I'm sure you know other teams can. So it'll be interesting to see how um, Wayne Bennett deals with that. But, I mean, the Broncos kept pushing to the last as well. So it was 18-19 and they were, like, streaking towards the try line. Then Ben Hunt made a, made a kick for goal and that was pretty heartbreaking. But they were still pushing right mm. to the last. So I'd say that, you know. But that's this the Broncos' them, mentality, though. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Wayne Bennett would expect exactly that. And, you know, also both Anthony Milford and Ben Hunt went missing in that final mm-hmm. five minutes, which is quite disappointing because – they're not the most senior players in terms of age, but they're the kind of players that they're going to have to turn to in the origin period. And none of, neither Hunt or Milford was calling for that ball in the final minutes. And I was like, come on, guys. Like, this is your time. What are you doing? They just went that extra play, went that extra play. And in the end, Ben Hunt was caught in, caught in no man's land trying to take that field goal. So that's also another interesting thing. I mean, they need to step up over the origin period or the Broncos might find themselves slipping down the ladder a little bit. I think for I think for this for the Tigers, I think having that win against the Broncos is going to be a huge boost for them. Oh, it's sure. going to get mm-hmm. but it's interesting they play they it's like they play a, a sort of different style when when Robbie Farah is not there. They yeah. do, I think. Yeah. I actually think can I say that yeah, I think same. that they look better without Robbie Farah in that look, team. Look, I think the halves look better without Agreed. Robbie Farah yeah. in that team. Agreed. So you can't take away from what he brings to that mm. side, but Absolutely, the halves are just a lot more ballsy. They're free. Yeah, they seem to me free, more free ballsy, playing. They're unshackled. Does that That's make right. sense? It's yeah. a, you know, they're like, okay, Robbie Farrell's not here, so there's probably nobody yelling at them, you know, directions how to play, directing the play, so they're out there, you know, doing their own thing. Um, and the Tigers are a better attacking team for it. So And Mitch Moses and Luke Brooks, I thought, were really good last night. And Mitch Moses, you know, no? I don't know. I, don't know. I thought... He was better in the second half. Mm-hmm. In that first half, his kicking game was a bit off and so were his last tackle options. Like I think he kicked the ball dead three straight sets and I was like, dude, come on, you're, you're better than this, you know. So he did pick it up in the second half but I think they struggled in the first half just especially with the kicking game and their last tackle options. But, you know, when you have creative players like that, you just kind of sit back and you go, yeah, they'll come good. Yeah, absolutely. And they did in that second half with Mitch Moses scoring that field try, like that field try. Well done, Mary. <laughs> what I also find interesting about the Broncos is that I don't think it's actually going to get any easier for them. So they're off to New Zealand next. Yeah, and so how many are going to back up? How many are going to make that trip? That'll be interesting because Origins on Wednesday night, so they'll probably fly out on Thursday because they play on Saturday night against the Warriors. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, maybe Corey Parker might be arrested. Um, who knows? Sam Thayday might mm. be arrested. So it just, it's, yeah, it's not an easy round for them. So, well, I think, I think they have had a bit of an easy run though. Like if you look at their, yeah, in terms of the, turnaround, in ter- yeah, in terms of like, you know, it's a, not if it? you listen to Wayne Bennett. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I'm sure he'll have something to say about I'm the sure. show. <laughs> But yeah, they, they, their um, scheduling has been pretty favourable. Mm. 
Uh, well, that was last night's game and well done to the Tigers. Like I don't think anyone yeah, had sure. tipped them to mm. win. So congratulations to them. We've got a couple of other games this weekend. Lucy, which game are you most excited about? I'm definitely most excited for um, for Canberra. It's going to be really good too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's across the board here. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that one. And as we're also saying, um, oh, I mean, for me and I think for Mary as well, we're not as excited for Knights first Eels, but you are, Danica, is that I, right? I just, I, w- I just want to see how the Eels respond. Yeah. yeah. How do you think they'll respond? You know what? They're a great team. You've got you've got Kieran Foran, you've got Corey Norman. You, they're unstoppable. I think it was a bit of a tough task for them against the Storm. I mean, anyone really coming up against the Storm, they're one of the best teams. Um, but, yeah, I'd just like to see how they respond with everything that's gone on in the, in the last, what, month or so. Yeah, and also, too, for the Knights, I mean, things have got to turn around for them soon. Yeah, well, it's pretty hard when they're basically fielding an under-20s team. Exactly. So you kind of feel sorry for them. So Yeah. But what I think I love most about the Knights is that crowd up at Hunter Stadium. So if I'm right, they've got the highest average crowd out of any home team. So I think that's pretty outstanding. And it shows, I think, the Newcastle mindset and that they just want a team that sort of rip in and and have a go. I think they're behind the idea that they are fielding an under-20s team and that it's going to take a little bit of time for them to develop into a team. But when you've got guys like Nathan Ross trying really hard every week, I think that's what people want to say. The wait is over, everyone. State of Origin is finally here. We had our teams announced earlier this week. Danica, can I ask what your reactions to the New South Wales and Queensland teams were? Yeah, look, I think it's exciting times for New South Wales. It's a whole fresh new approach. Um, I think we'll definitely work out on Wednesday whether it's uh, it's worked or not. But I have to say, like, I'm I'm pretty excited that um, Adam Reynolds got the call up. I think he's been in um, great form. We haven't seen a lot of him this year due to injuries and whatnot, and also too for the Rabbitohs' form not being so great. But I think it's um, I think it's a great call up. There were a few surprises. I was surprised um, James Roberts and Jack Bird didn't get mm-hmm. a look in. Mm-hmm. I thought there'd definitely be uh, two strong players there. So. I think there was also some surprise that some of the older guys weren't selected and I sort of understand that Laurie Daly is going for a fresh approach but there's no Bo Scott, there's no Ryan Hoffman and Michael Ennis also missed out as well. Yeah, I spoke to Bo Scott yesterday. We did an interview with him um, for Nine News and uh, he was saying he was quite disappointed that he didn't receive the call up um, Mm -hmm. but he said he understood. He said, you know, Laurie's going with a fresh new approach and he can see that. But, um, yeah, I think he was a bit surprised as well. Yeah, well, he'd have every right to be. He's had a pretty good season, I think. You know, he's been amazing at the Eels, just like a tackling machine. He's like the glue in their defence. So, And he'd pretty much bring the same to origin. So I think – and Michael Ennis as well probably could feel a bit hard done mm-hmm. by, but Robbie Farrow's done the job before for us in origin, so I understand why Daly's stuck with him. Dylan Walker is the surprising one. I, I wish I wish Laurie just had the balls to say he's maybe just kind of that risk or that X factor rather than calling him a utility because he's not a mm-hmm. utility because what he's done is he's played fullback, he's played one good game at centre and then at the halves and he's been mm, average at best in all those positions. So he's clearly not a utility and there are better utilities in Cartwright and Bird available, you know, but I like what he's done. So I'm not going to bag the team because we do need something different and I like that there's fresh faces and there's going to be young guys who are just, you know, waiting to rip in. And you know what, if it doesn't go to plan, 
it doesn't go to plan. And I hope at least he gives people like Adam Reynolds and and Dylan Walker a second chance if we don't get get it in game one. So. Yeah, we'll just well, see. Well, I what think happens. it is like a, a look to the future sort of mm-hmm. team. Yeah. I don't think, you know, if they kept on doing the same thing, nothing's going to change. Absolutely. They've got to take a risk. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think someone else that was sort of hard done by was uh, Lachlan Coo. I was a little bit disappointed yeah, to see you know, him miss I out. Yeah, I almost kind of feel sorry for Matt Moylan as well. I mean, he might come out there and really kill it, and mm. I hope he does. Um, but I still think that Teddy is just waiting in the wings. Like as soon as he's back, if he's back next week, he's going to play game two and three. So I hope for Matt Moylan's sake that, you know, he does have a really good game and Lachlan Coote as well comes out and has a really good game in the absence of Michael Morgan and Jonathan Thurston and he's also deser- – like he deserves to be in that conversation. So And also too, I love watching um uh, Josh Mansour. Uh, when Me he too. scores a try, he can score a good try. So I'm hopeful that he can get some and it, like he's got a really entertaining sort of mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Moylan's so great on attack and he's really got that speed behind him. So if he can really push through and, and deliver, it would be yeah. fantastic. I like that there were risks made because we're just saying a couple of weeks ago with the Kangaroos that it looked like an older kind of side. That I So I like that we're really moving on to a new generation. Paul Gallon saying that it's likely to be his last series. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is kind of the last of an era. Um, it's funny that Robbie Farris seems to be so instrumental for the Blues, but we were just saying that for the Tigers, he's neither here nor there at the moment. They almost look stronger without him. So it's interesting to see in the mix Yeah, well, he's, he's kind of like that Nate Miles type where he just shows up for origin, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's another thing on Queensland selections, surprised to see, or not surprised to see Nate Miles because that's what they do. They have their loyalty program, but it's absolutely <laughs> going to be tested this series because what do you do with Nate Miles if he can't show up for his club and he hasn't for the past two years maybe Mm. I don't think he's made like a line break in two or three years something like that no but something seems to happen to him during origin so we'll see if that happens this year but as we were saying before I I, if I were the Seagulls I'd be furious I'd be saying how can you step up for you know state of origin well understandably I I know how he does but you'd be saying well we want that same form here Andrew Fafita is another one so his game for the Sharks last week I thought was absolutely outstanding. Why can't he play like that every single week? I think it's the new hairstyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's given him a bit of, yeah. um, it's like aerodynamic or something, I don't know. Greg um, Inglis, he can be similar where he looks almost bored and a little bit, you know, holding back and he doesn't really have his energy there. But then put him on for Kangaroos or put him on for Queensland and he just plays out of his skin. But, um, I mean, I personally, I'm a Roosters fan, so I'm so excited to see James Maloney out there because finally mm. I can, you know, support him again and cheer for him because he was always one of my favourites. But um, he's got a fantastic kicking game. He's kind of, he's missed out for about three years and then I'm excited to see that Hiles pairing with Adam Reynolds because, you know, both of them have great kicking games and Adam Reynolds is a really good kind of game manager so it'll just be really exciting to see new dynamics and and people bring something new to the game and it's such a nice story with um with Reynolds you know it's something that he he says that he's dreamt of he was a fan when he was a little boy mm. and he's wanted it for so long so I think that like the nice stories like that sort yeah of, well um, they're the kind of players you want playing don't you exactly. like the ones who were little boys work. in the backyard pretending they were Absolutely. you know Laurie Daly or whatever Brad Fittler and now they actually get to be you know, live their dreams. So that's similar to Blake Ferguson. You know what? He was there. He had the jersey. He didn't really value anything that he had within the game. Then he lost it all. And I've spoken to him personally before, and he seems to have his head in the right place and to value it and to want to work hard. So I'm interested to see if, you know, being given this second chance after losing it all, if he really brings it and, you know, if it means a lot to him. 
I hope it does because Blake Ferguson is absolutely not a favourite of mine and I get really <laughs> sick of people using the word redemption story around Blake mm. Ferguson because I don't think he is a redemption story and I think there are players in better form than him at the moment that could have been selected for State of Origin, so I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that he really steps up this week. If he's hungry to prove himself mm. and with this second chance, I hope that that fuels him to yeah. really go out there and I deliver. I think Blake Ferguson's uh, showing in the test match really helped push him over the mm. line because he had mm. been struggling for form. You know, I know in the newsroom people are like, oh, no, he's actually been playing okay and the Roosters have been terrible. I'm like, no, I mean, he's a bit of a turnstile in defence. Actually, yeah. that edge with Dugan and Ferguson might be a bit troublesome mm-hmm. because they're going to come up against... Inglis and Corey Oates, I think, mm. which ugh, I don't even a want handful. to think. It's right? a handful. You get shivers just Inglis thinking about that. Inglis is a handful. So, Throw Oates um, in there too. Yeah, so I really hope, yeah, he plays kind of in the same fashion that he did in the test match and does lift and then takes that form to his club. So, Well, fingers crossed. Now, can I ask you all for your predictions ahead of game one? Lucy, who's going to win? Queensland. <laughs> Fatima? Look, I'm going to say the Blues. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Danica? I'm hoping the Blues. I'm going to be cheering them on, but I have to say I think Queensland. Oh, thank I mean, you. I thought you were about to make me feel like a no. terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a Blues jumper right now. It's not That's Blues. Tough. It's blue. <laughs> I always go with, well, I go with my heart a lot of the time, which is probably why I'm running last in a lot of, in a lot of the Timpy competitions <laughs> that I'm in, so I will also go the Blues. We'll take a quick break and come back in a sec. Super lucky to be joined by a man who's captained Australia, Queensland and won grand finals with the Broncos in 1997, 1998 and 2000. Good morning, Gordon Tallis. Good morning. How are you going, ladies? Very well. How are you going? I'm very good. I'm very good. It's a short round, but Origin's just around the corner. So all Queenslanders and New South Wales you know, gentlemen and ladies are getting a bit excited at the moment, oh, I would imagine. Very exciting week this week. I wanted to ask you on your reactions to both the New South Wales and Queensland squads that were announced this week. Yeah, oh, look, you can't pick a weak New South Wales side. You can't pick a weak Queensland team. Um, you know, in my personal opinion, you know, there's been Bryce Carr up. They said that he was injured. Someone like Jack Bird and made Graham. They must feel unlucky. But you got to, you know, say the same for like Queensland. You know, there's those guys that broke curfew. Uh, but, you know, you think that some of those might have been in it and uh, maybe Cole Felt and Gavin Cooper from the Cowboys, they might, you know, feel just a little bit like, just a little bit unlucky as well. And, Gordon, I'd also like to ask you, as a State of Origin superstar, what would your advice be for the debutantes in the New South Wales team heading into their first State of Origin? I don't want to help out New South Wales. Just like, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, let's swap the uh, question around. Debutantes for no, Queensland. Okay. <laughs> well, well, do you know what? They've got to enjoy the week. It's, it's, it's a special time of your life, especially in your rugby league career, you know, um, to represent your state. Um, it's an important part, but don't get overawed. The games, the games played at eight o'clock on Wednesday night. So make sure that you're ready and everything that you do through the week, um, is geared for you to be right, um, at eight o'clock for like kickoff, but make sure that you enjoy it. And when you go and, um, do what you do, um, and just be, and just try to play your natural game. That's the hardest thing because you think that you've got to try to impress and do a little bit more. Um, you've got to sort of, I think, drag it all back and, you know, just be the player that got you there in the first place. Now, Gordy Danica here. Um, bit of a dramatic day in uh, for the Maroons yesterday. Um, Cooper Cronk, he's gone down with an ankle injury. How bad is it? Oh, uh, look, uh, look, I'm not too sure, but there was reports last night when I was doing Fox that 
that there's a chance that it is pretty serious, but obviously they can move move Michael Morgan into 5A because he plays there with with Jonathan Thurston and Daly Cherry Evans that come in to be, you know, our 14th man. But uh, let's hope, uh, we remember when Cooper Cronk broke his arm in the first 10 minutes um, before and, uh, you know, never really, and in Queensland never really recovered. Um, we we got beaten in that game and lost the next game. So we're so important to this organisation and uh, this team when they run out there. So let's hope, fingers crossed that... Uh, the Cooper Cronks are right, but there's four and a half million Queenslanders massaging them for him at the moment, so it should be okay. <laughs> um, Gordy, this is Lucy. So they're saying that the Blues are biting their tongue in the lead up to the game. Is a bit of a sledge, you know, a tradition? Is it something that should be happening right now? What are your thoughts there? <laughs> oh, look, it's you know, I I think in the last couple of years it's gone a bit overboard with what's been you know in the paper. You know how you know, there's a guy named uh, um, Josh. Josh Reynolds and his nickname's Grub, but you know, like the headlines was, oh, he's such a grub, but that's his nickname. And you know, the you know, sometimes the fans don't sort of don't realise that it's a play on words. And you know, most guys generally do like each other, but um, you know, I don't like all the paper talking. And it wasn't coming from the players, you know, mate. Um, if a player says something, um, I'm happy for that. But the media got a bit, you know, too involved the last couple of years, and you know, just try to discredit, you know. Both camps, and I think Queensland were doing it just as much as New South Wales. So the game's the star. We don't need to promote this game, basically. Uh, the game promotes itself. But how good is a bit of a sledge? Oh, it's fantastic, though. <laughs> Mate, it's fantastic because because I heard that when Matthew and Andrew Johns were playing together one time, um, sorry, playing playing against each other, I think Matthew said to Andrew, my dad's sleeping with your mum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a great sledge. Um, do you have any idea you what the, <laughs> what the feeling? It's funny, isn't it? Yes, yeah, no, well, 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 um, well, they are brothers, and, um, and, and and you know, like Wendell Saylor, like I play with Wendell Saylor, and you know, you're playing, and a young kid's making his debut, or talking about a young kid making his debut, he would ask, he would ask, say, Andrew Johns or their captains, hey, boys, who's this guy? Like, what's his name again? Can someone get me a program? I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> and try to and try to let the guy know that Wendell's the big dog on the field. But but like it's all in tongue and cheek. I haven't really um haven't really heard too many aimed at myself that were that were that clever, but um, it does happen. <laughs> well, uh, even, it does happen, and I like it. Even the other day, there was uh, the game between the Bulldogs and the Tigers um, when um, Hunt got um, Moses Embai, got him quite uh, high in the neck. Oh. For the rest of the game, Embai kept on calling him head high Hunt. Every time he ran past, <laughs> and he was like, well, head high Hunt. <laughs> See, I like that. Yeah. See, I like that. But, but like, uh, my favourite nickname is the MILF. I just like the MILF. I yeah. like Anthony yeah. MILF. I think so, everyone loves so, Anthony Milford. <laughs> Yeah, oh, mate, what a player he is. Sensational. Now, Gordy, I've got to ask, what do Queensland need to do to win game one? I think it's their forwards. Um, if you look at what New South Wales have picked on the serious side, they've got really big mobile forwards that that I think will probably win the meterage. And uh, to, put, to put little Adam Reynolds in there, I think he's the closest to, to Cooper Conk with his kicking game. I think he's absolutely outstanding young player. Um, I worked with him at South for like a little while. He's... Uh, he's ready. So, like, I'm worried that if New South Wales get down and get down in the attacking area, that Adam Reynolds can uh, can take advantage of that because he's so good with his kicking game. But um, you know, I think it's our full take. I think Matt Scott and Nate Miles and all those guys, Sam, Sam Thiday, Aiden Guerra, Corey Parker, 
um, that's where it's going to be won. What do, you, a doubt. what do you um what do you think about Nate Miles's selection because he hasn't you know he hasn't really stepped up for the Seagulls this year um but he <laughs> tends to just do it for Origin. You said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, look, um, Nate, Nate, my Nate's the first one to say that he thought that that his form has not been good wearing the Manly jersey, but he's not wearing it. Um, he's wearing Queensland, and he I think he's worn it twenty eight times or something or some ridiculous amount of times, and every time he's He's worn it. He's been one of Queensland's best forwards, if not the best forward. So until he until he doesn't perform in that jersey, um, I think Nate's Nate's got a right to wear it because he's worn it on so many occasions with with great pride. Um, even his grandfather come out and said that he wouldn't pick him, but I'm glad that his grandfather's <laughs> Thanks, not the selector. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for your support, Brendan. Mate, you know what? You know, mate, you know you're playing bad when your family starts. <laughs> Grant, I don't pick up the phone to journalists. Just don't do it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you'd be pretty annoyed at that, though, if you were the Seagulls and Seagulls, and then you saw, um, you know, Nate Miles going out there and bringing it and giving his all on the field for Queensland, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, look, he, he's mate. He's tough. You know, I don't know how his body is, but every time he's run out, I said, oh, I think he's one of those players that you just know he's got a presence out there, and I know that the boys. Love playing. He's a tough Cairns boy, and mate, as I said, you know, like, mate, he's he's defensive around the middle of the ruck, and he doesn't say too much. And I think last year, um, I think he even might have won the medal, you know, um, for the best Queenslander through the series. So, so uh, I'm looking forward to watching Nate. Um, he's experienced um, at this level, and I'm sure that um, that he won't let the jersey down. That's for sure. What do you think Kevin Walters will also bring? Um, you know, as coach when when they're under the the helm of Kevin. Well, you don't need to bring too much to a State of Origin team, but Kevy's the most passionate guy that I've ever played with and one of the most underrated. Like, he played, I think, in six grand finals um, I'm in a modern era. And we talk about people winning one and their legends. Like, he's won six of them. Um, he's so astute. He was like our captain and our coach when he played. Um, Alfie got a lot of the rats, but Kevy was the brains um, in the organisation. So, so from that point of view... Um, I'm um, not worried. Um, it's a fresh start for Queensland. Mel's been there. He's done a wonderful job. And everybody that's done, uh, been involved with Queensland has done a wonderful job. But I think it's Kevy's turn to put his little spin on this side. And um, I know um, Cameron Smith, Cooper Conk and Jonathan Thurston, well, then they always thought that he was going to be there. So he's helped them over the last, you know, eight or so years um, behind the scenes. But now, um, I suppose he sits there and he gives them the final message. Um, but I don't think you have to say too much to this group of players. And Gordy, before we let you go, what is your prediction for this week for this week's game? Man of the match, first try scorer, and the score. I think man of the match um, is going to be Matt Scott for Queensland, um, and we're going to win <laughs> twenty points to eight. Right. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and did you expect anything else from a Queenslander? No, I didn't. I'm, that's the perfect response. You know I'm a New South Welshman. <laughs> I even said Queensland. <laughs> You've got four no, ladies no. in blue see, right here. See, see, that's your problem. We don't want you supporting us. You've got to support your state no matter what they're going to Oh, need to take some lessons for, from Queensland. Gordy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate your time. Good luck for Wednesday night, but not too much. Cheers. Thanks a lot, girls. We're very lucky to now be joined by Australian Blues and Balmain Tigers legend Steve Roach, live from Blues Camp in Coffs Harbour. Good morning, Steve. Oh, good morning. I'm speaking to a bevy of beauties. How good is this going to be? <laughs> 
That is the best way to start an interview. We're definitely all on side with you now, Steve. Especially a phone interview. <laughs> now, Steve, there are a lot of new faces in the Blue Squad this year, including Josh Mansour, Matt, Ma- Matt Moylan and Adam Reynolds. What's the feeling inside camp at the moment? Uh, I, I think it's been spectacular. Look, I, I've got to, I've got to say, I applaud Laurie for doing what he's done. I mean, you know, there's a lot of blokes that missed out on the side that would be very disappointed, and I'd be disappointed if they weren't disappointed. But in saying that, you know, Laurie's gone for five new rookies, and I think it was a way to go after what happened in Game Three last year. Uh, and I think all the all the fans will have a little bit of patience too now that we've got some young blokes back into that side. And I'm excited about these guys who haven't been scarred by Origin over the last ten years. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them, uh, you know, playing well. The uh, most important thing, too, is for them to make their debuts at home in front of 80,000 people. So uh, I'm really looking forward to see how they go. And uh, how have um, Adam Reynolds and um, James Maloney been going the new halves pairing there? Yeah, they've got a great understanding. There's no doubt about that. Look, the pressure, yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to train well and there's no one in front of you. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the pressure of origin can get to you. But... I've been I've been very impressed, firstly, by the, the coolness of Adam Reynolds. I don't think I've seen a bloke strike the football with his kicking game as good as him. Uh, he's not scared to take on the line. He's come back from two broken jaws this year, so he's a tough little rooster. And, and getting to James Maloney, too, I, mate, he is a leader now. So, uh, you know, it's unbelievable what he's done here. Um, he was, you know, you know, he was always, you know, maybe a little bit off the first time that he played Origin, which everyone is because they don't understand that. You know, the, the contest, and now uh, he looks a much more settled player, playing great for the Sharkies. He's a leader, and I'm I'm expecting big things from him. And also, when um, Dugan was going into camp, the game um, just before he um, he badly injured his elbow. How's he been going at training? Is it sort of is it has it all healed? Look, a lot of these guys, you know what they're like. They, you get a little bit of a bump. I'm the same, and you you just want someone to give you just a little bit of a cuddle, you know, and say, "Look, everything's gonna be all right." Give him a little bit of warm milk at night before he goes to did, bed. Did you do uh, that? What you're doing? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. Don't, Captain don't you know what my role is here. <laughs> um, so you're just chatting about the fresh blood, you know, new faces. Which debutant are you most excited about watching on Wednesday night? You know what? You know it's it's been a long time since I've seen um, like a silky smooth player like Matt Moylan. Like he reminds me a different position, but his coolness and the way that he moves reminds me a little bit of a Brett Kenny. So, mate, if he's as good as Brett Kenny, I'll be uh, I'll be happy. Um, He's really excited me Uh, for such a young uh, bloke. He's he's a captain of Penrith. We all know. I think he's only about you know 21 or whatever he is. He's a very young player, Uh, and just the coolness at the back and. You know, he's, he's, he's really looking forward to uh, next Wednesday night. And, Steve, can I ask what you think the key matchups are going to be on Wednesday night? Oh, I just, I, look, I just, think, I just think the team that we've picked, I mean, Queensland will be looking at our, our team. We've got three big boppers on the, on the bench as well as our starting men. Oh, look, I, I think Laurie's going to keep it pretty simple. It, it's, not, it's not a real complicated game. Now, the big, the big plays in origin, you know, the 80-metre solo tries aren't the ones that win it. It's the you know, putting your body in front and doing something that you wouldn't normally do, like diving a loose ball, knowing that you're going to get bashed, but you do it anyway. And those sort of things, the little things can win uh, big games. And, uh, you know, I think I think Loz is just going to keep it pretty simple. And, uh, you know, I think, we, I think you'll find we'll be charging down the middle. And I think um, you guys have had a pretty uh, cool, calm and collected uh, camp up there in Coffs. I think there was a hit of golf yesterday. But it's a bit of a different story for the Maroons. They had Cooper Cronk went down yesterday. I think DCE was supposed to be flying up there, but he was stuck in Sydney mm-hmm. due to the winds. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How big of a how big of a disruption is it with uh, Cronk's injury, do you reckon? 
Well, I hear the same from Queensland about five days out from the, the start of the series. Every year, there's always some sort of injury. There's always someone going down. I mean, they, they think we must be uh, pretty stupid down here to think that uh, he won't play. I mean, you know, there's nothing that a little bit of ice and compression wrappage will fix. I mean, I'm sure that he'll play. And a bit of warm milk and a cuddle, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't be doing that. Maybe I'll give him a little bit of a squeeze, but I wouldn't give him a cuddle. They're saying that, you know, this could be Gal's last series. It's been a pretty tough job for him there. Um, how is everybody feeling? Are they wanting to rally together and really give Gal the series win if it's his last? You know, you know, he's an amazing, he's an amazing person. And, uh, you know, to do what he does, um, you know, the lock forwards now, and he's playing in the front row for New South Wales, he plays lock forward in his, in his, uh, in his Sydney side at Cronulla. What those guys put their body through week in and week out, it's a testament to how tough he is. Um, you know, a lot of people might say that, you know, he's a bit quiet, he doesn't say much. Well, that's right, he, he goes about his business. And, uh, mate, I, I admire the bloke. Uh, he spoke to the team yesterday. Um, we've, got to, we've got to make sure in these sort of circumstances when you've got new players in your side that you don't go off too early, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we spoke to him emotionally and, uh, you know, it is his last series, but like, he, he won't he won't pin anything on himself. He just wants to win for the state. So you're just saying that Gal's quiet and goes about his business. Does that mean that we should expect no sledging? Is it all going to be very, very friendly? No, bring Cuddles on. before the game? Cuddles oh, and more. <laughs> Oh, they'll be sledging. Don't worry. It won't be only on the field. (laughs) Now, Steve, I need to ask, last year there were some great stories about budding friendships in the team, particularly between Aaron Woods and David Clemmer. Are there any budding bromances developing out of this year's series? Look, look, they are great mates and it's even gone further this year. I wouldn't be surprised. If those two shacked up one day together, that's <laughs> think, how close they are. I think they said that on uh, on a, an interview the other day. They said if you had to marry someone in the team, they said 100% we'd marry each other. <laughs> it, it's funny, but, you know, the, the, the big boppers and the front rowers, you know, they don't, you never see them sitting having dinner with the wingers. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. Yeah, well, well, when I was playing, I didn't even talk to the wingers. They, they were the people who went and got the drinks. <laughs> Now, Block, I need to ask you, what is your prediction for this week's game? Can you tell us first try scorer, man of the match, and the score? Oh, my, my prediction obviously is is uh, is New South Wales to get redemption after after game three last year. I think we I think we win, and I honestly believe that. I think the the new debutants in the side will uh, will shine for New South Wales. I think our our forwards will will overcome whatever Queensland can throw at us. And I'm going to give you a scoreline of 16 to 12. New South Wales to win in front of 80,000. I like it. I'm the only one in the studio this morning that's tipped New South Wales. So, Steve, I'm glad that you're with me. Bring it on. Go the Blues. Don't tell him that. Are those beautiful ladies in there, New South Wales? I'm a new... I am. am. And I'm wearing blue right now. I just had a... I don't know what happened. I had a brain (laughs) snap. It was a brain You know what? You will be struck off the registered list. Oh, no. If you live in New South Wales and you go to Queensland, you are off. No. <laughs> well, look, Steve, I'm very glad to be staying on the register. Go the Blues. Thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been great talking to you. My pleasure, ladies. Have a good day. You, you too. too. <laughs> Seems that a 
Australia is finally beginning to get behind the Aussie Rugby Sevens women's team. Yesterday in the Sydney Morning Herald, there was a Q&A with superstar Elia Green where she joked about being the fastest woman in rugby and revealed that she missed a media opportunity in Sydney last week because she was in the middle of an eight-hour appointment having her hair braided. Elia can't run fast with an afro because it catches too much in the air. So that's all ahead of this weekend, the women's team being on the brink of making history in France when they become the first ever Aussie team to win the sevens. Players to look out for are Shani Williams, who is coming back from a knee injury, superstar Elia Green after a shoulder problem, and our girl Alicia Quirk. Now the telecast details. You'll have to stream it via worldrugby.com. So the girls are on tonight. Australia play Fiji at 8.28pm. Australia then play Ireland at 11.12pm. And then Australia play France at 1.56am. And then tomorrow night, the games start with the qualifiers at 8.20 and then the final three hours of day two will be shown on Fox Sports from 2 to 5am on Monday morning. So I'll be going into work a little bit rusty, I think. For the men's rugby sevens, I couldn't go any further without congratulating Henry Hutchison, who was named World Rookie of the Year after last week's tournament in London. There was also really good news in women's football this week, with Australian women's football coach Alan Stadjic signing a new four-year contract extension. This will see him stay on as coach up till Japan 2020. This week, Stadjic also named a full-strength squad ahead of next month's friendlies against New Zealand. This will be the Matildas' final hit-out before Rio. Also a shout-out this week to David Pocock, man of the podcast, for his new collaboration with Dove, which is all about shifting perceptions about masculinity. He went to Waverley College this week and spoke about how David managed to find his voice in speaking about the issues that he's so passionate about. I'll be sure to share that video a bit later on. That's all we've got time for this morning. Fatima's has already had to dash off, but Lucy, a really big thank you for coming in again. Thank you so much. I love this show. No, we love having you in here. You're welcome anytime. And Danica, thank you as well. It's been great having you. No, thank you for having me. No, we hope you'll come back and join us again I soon. definitely will. I can't stay away. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, well, that's another show. We've got a really big weekend this weekend, lots of rugby league. Get out to the netball tomorrow and make sure you're watching State of Origin on Wednesday and night. go the Blues. Go the Blues. <laughs> Danica, you got in trouble before you <laughs> Can I just confirm that I do support New South Wales? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at I'm with same. you on that one. I was bright red. I was like, no, 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 I swear. It's the same as me. Look, I've tipped Newcastle on Monday night, but no one can question that I'm a Parramatta supporter. It's that sort of thing, right? Yeah. They're just being clever tipsters. <laughs> make sure you tune into the show. Leave us a review. Make sure you subscribe. Have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. Australia sprint from one side to the other. Gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Goal! 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 Goal!